0: don't give shit. <laughs> <laughs> giving them the business. Football extravaganza, and I am doing the show as your host today. I know Robert's right here, he's up in the top left corner, but I'm going to be leading the way today because Robert was so gracious enough to be able to join us, even though he is studying so hard for the Florida Barks. Inevitably, I'm going to get sued one day, and I need somebody to cover my ass. Here is Robert Benson, along with the guy at the very bottom. No, that's not Joey, who usually would be here, but this guy and I go way back in the yeah. radio days. We've hosted some radio for a long time, and he is now the host of the Sports Call program with ESPN Pensacola, Sports Call with Justin and Wren, formerly known as Sports Call with Davis and Justin, but it's now Justin's show. Justin Patrick, welcome to the program.
1: Happy back on, uh, back on the mic If you talking sports, man. It's been a minute. Uh, Rob, same to you. Got to talk to you guys about a couple months back on, well, Sports Call at UWF at Pin Air Field for the first game there. And that big blowout game and now here we are and got playoff rankings out and everything's starting to change up and it's been a weird year of college football but i appreciate you guys for having me on davis i always am down to talk sports with you guys thank you guys
0: yeah and you, know, uh, you know you've come a long way i remember when justin and i first met he was still in high school playing high school baseball and now he's a student at uwf and tomorrow we'll go ahead and give you a moment to plug your show before we dive into the rest of the program we have a ton of college football to cover. We didn't even do a show last week because we were all so busy. But tomorrow, Justin, you're going to be doing a live show from Blue Wahoo Stadium. I'm going to hop on with you for about a segment or two as UWF Argos, number three ranked team in Division II football, are taking on the undefeated and number two ranked team, Valdosta State. And it's a home game. And it's the final regular season game where if UWF wins the ballgame, they clinch a share of of the Gulf South Conference title. And you and Ren are gonna be doing a live show tomorrow. I figured I'd give you the podium and let you talk about that for a moment.
1: Yeah, you know, last time this game actually happened at Blue Wahoo Stadium, I was still an intern at ESPN. And, you know, me and you were on the silence of that game. And they didn't come out on top. Didn't know Mike Beaudry was playing that year. He had suffered an injury back in week two. And then we moved on to the year after, which was enter Austin Reed and, you know, Saw the season he had, you know, one of the best freshmen in the country, uh, led them to a national championship. Valdosta, they've only lost one game since that 2018 season, and it was two, well, the UWFR goes, and that one loss that they had against us in the playoffs that led to our championship run, and it's going to be two versus three, and Valdosta, they're a pretty big powerhouse team, got uh, two big running backs coming in tomorrow for that team that's been, uh, I believe they've each been offensive player of the GFC uh, twice at some point in the season for each week. And it's they've looked really good. Uh, tomorrow during the show, we will be doing it live in Blue Wahoo Stadium at one. We got interviews with Coach Schenick, Austin Reed, and then De'Anthony Bell, and also Gary Lucius, the assistant athletic director. He'll be joining the show at one point two. You know, De'Anthony Bell, he just got invited to be to play in the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl, which is like that's a pretty big bowl because one, this is a we're we're a D two school, and that's an NFL you know, NFL scout Bowl right there. You're going to play in front of NFL scouts. It's on the best players in the country. You also get to attend the Rose Bowl. So that was pretty big news for UWF and D'Anthony Bell. So I'm very excited for it because this game right here has a lot riding on it. It'd be the first time if we do win that the Argos will be co-champions of the GSC. Uh, they don't do tiebreakers apparently. So they tie with Dasa if they beat them tomorrow at Blue Abu Stadium.
0: Yeah, man. It's, that's a really exciting opportunity. First, UWF Argo to be invited to a bowl game like that, or to a, wait, uh, a showcase of that kind of caliber. Uh, and if it were to amount to him signing to an NFL team, he would be the second Argo to be on an NFL roster. Although the first one, I'm actually playing on his name right now. He did not make the 53-man the roster, but he was invited to camp. So really good. Congratulations to DeAnthony Bell and looking forward to what he can also do tomorrow and look forward to hearing that interview all right so we did not do a show last week i was super busy i had a crazy week at work i actually had a crazy week at work this week as well but i managed to because it was so crazy um they uh, they basically said i could take all of friday off but i still had to do some stuff at work so i took a half day and so here we are on a friday doing a show and robert You are so basically, you were already going to step away from the show just for a little bit because you're going to (laughs) be studying for the Florida Bar. And it just so happened to work out that you had some time. You decided to do the podcast today, anyways. So we're doing the podcast. Robert's here. We have Justin Mm -hmm. filling in for Joey, and we're going to have ourselves a damn good show. Basically, uh, what what do we remember from week nine? Because we didn't do a show last week. Quick games that we want to throw out there. I, I thought it, I thought I recall it just being a really slow week for football, but oh, what was well, maybe uh, wrong.
2: I think uh, I think that Penn State um, really gave Ohio State a good run for their money uh, in Week Nine, and also we had Michigan State beat Michigan. That was one of my locks. Um, I I called Sparty winning. I thought Michigan was the better team. Obviously, the college football. Playoff committee did too, but I mean, with a head-to-head victory, I think you got to put Michigan State above yeah. them. So yeah, that and the Auburn Mississippi game. Uh, Auburn gets the better of Ole Miss in Week Nine. There, Wisconsin beats Iowa. These these are just some of the highlights. Mississippi State uh, beat Kentucky, so uh, had a had a good week of football there. Miami beat Pittsburgh um a lot of stuff happened in week nine that we didn't get to cover so i was kind of upset about that but it's okay we we will do a little wrap up here um florida state uh oh i i think this is why joey didn't want to do the podcast last week uh it was because florida state was winning they were beating clemson and then i texted i texted the group text the our college football group text and i was like Look at that! We all three, <laughs> we all three had Florida State locked in, and now they're gonna win. Well, they didn't because I texted the group text, and Joey was mad. So he's boycotting the show. He's not gonna be on anymore. I think because Florida State lost to Clemson, and it's all my fault. So a lot of stuff happened. Florida just got shellacked by Georgia, um, and just continues to keep getting shellacked. Yeah. yeah. Basically, that, a lot happened. A lot happened in week nine. I Go Sparty. Ghost Sparty, And then and yeah. then no Sparty.
0: My quick takeaways from week nine are Florida sucks. Um they they uh they really suck when you get when we get to week ten. But you know, they're gonna they were gonna lose to the number one team in the nation. Georgia, by far, they're this is the best Georgia team I think any of us have ever seen. Uh, Stetson Bennett is awesome. And talk about He's a guy the mailman.
2: He is the mailman.
0: Talk about a guy who was delivers. never gonna get a chance to be a starting quarterback until just it sort of worked out that way right he injuries happened he got kind of put into the role he sort of still had to compete for it last season ended up winning the job then he got hurt coming comes into this season he's not the starting quarterback starting quarterback gets hurt starting quarterback that started the year JT Daniels isn't hurt anymore because Bennett has played so well he's not going to lose the job he has played so well that Daniels has to sit has to sit behind him but George is in a good spot because they have two all-star quarterbacks. On the roster, if one goes down, the other one is variable coming in and doing the job. The game was so close in the first half; the last two minutes completely blew up. Florida just completely blew up. It wasn't pretty at all. Georgia mm-hmm. just took from there. It was humiliating uh, in the end for a team. Yeah, that was really competing. Twenty-one
2: points in the last like minute and forty seconds.
0: Yeah, they unraveled as fast as they did. If they're going to lose to Georgia, which I already said was going to happen, look, let's at least compete. Let's make it close. And that's exactly what they did for like 13 and a half minutes. And then it just went away from there. So, yeah. I mean, maybe they held on for as long as they could. I was really I was really hoping they could keep it a one-score game going into halftime. And it, they just let that last minute and a half, two minutes, get away from them. So... That definitely uh, didn't help their cause going into week 10, but we'll get into that here in just a second. Justin, I wanted to get your thoughts on week nine.
1: Week nine, uh, Kenneth Walker popped off the page. Uh, I was 200 yards rushing five touchdowns against what we thought was the number two defense in the country in Michigan. And just seeing him have the ability to run all over them like that, that was a huge surprise to me. His Heisman odds going from plus 1,600 to plus 500 after that week. And then Michigan State, of course, well, they fall off later on in the week. And then uh, also seeing Miami bounce back, you know, from what has been a pretty down season and go beat Pitt. And, well, they're having a great season.
2: How about Tyler Van Dyke, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you also look at uh, Ole Miss and Auburn as well. You know, Ole Miss, they were still on the page for – A playoff run technically because they they had they had a chance to do what what alabama did in that year that tua came and beat georgia which was you know they would have if they let's say that bama you know you know, Bama plays Georgia in the conference championship and Ole Miss held on to that one-loss season versus Bama. Well, they could have done what Bama did when Auburn went and played Georgia in that uh, conference championship a couple years back and, you know, Georgia won and Bama still got the bid with the one loss. So there was still a chance for Ole Miss to make it because, you know, their one loss would have been to a top-two team. And then they fell that week to Auburn. So, you know, I didn't want to see that because I like Matt Corral and uh, Lane Kiffin, you know, the game they lost to Bama – it wasn't their normal scheme that they usually bring to the table. I thought Kiffin, he was trying to do too much. He he wanted to be aggressive. Yeah, I like the aggressive play style, but ended up biting them because they failed so consecutively on those attempts. And that's what just really put them down for that whole game. And then also Kentucky uh, beating, uh, losing to Mississippi State. Mississippi State, they're a tough place to play at home with all the cowbells and whatnot. And that's what that's what lifted them up into the college ball playoff rankings And then last week. You know, we'll see that once again. Yeah, we didn't fall
0: off too well. That's it. So shifting that out, moving on over to week 10, week 10, we saw uh, some good matchups, you know, Miami, let's, let's start off with Thursday, Miami, Virginia, Virginia, out of uh, their quarterback, Brandon Armstrong. Uh, he's one of the top passing quarterbacks in the nation. And it's been really a quiet story because, uh, you know, this virginia team is not very good although they did beat miami which is miami team is also not very good uh ends up being a 30 to 28 victory i don't really have any thoughts on this game it was a really close game uh i tuned in for like five minutes and then watched something else i don't even think it was sports related but i don't know man miami and manny diaz i think that's gonna be a breakup come into the season
2: Coming into next season. Yeah, I'm very interested in seeing them next season. I'm interested in seeing the Florida State game this week, which we'll get to. Um, that's a toss-up right there for me, honestly. But uh, Georgia Tech's also coming along. Um, Georgia Tech had glimpses of, I guess, light throughout this season. That's I'm looking at week 10, right? I think they played Georgia Tech last week. And oh, not- wait
0: a minute. Oh, no. My uh, – my- my uh I accidentally clicked on week five I was like oh man I did I, I I did watch some Thursday matchup oh man I was I was completely wrong Virginia it was um Virginia Tech and Boston College that played on Friday that's who I was thinking of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, we can talk about that game um we can I didn't I only watched, again just a couple of minutes of it Virginia Tech lost that game by the way Boston College won 17-3.
2: Yeah, uh, these are two teams that we were really excited op- on this whole season, right? Dave is like, mm-hmm. we've been betting back and forth with Virginia Tech, and uh, they've been super disappointing in the first in the first couple games. I guess with uh, Notre Dame, they were also disappointing. Same with Boston College, um, a lot of promise, and now it was kind of it's kind of like the uh, college football extravaganza. Who can disappoint you, bowl the
1: most? Oh yeah. I thought it was funny with Boston College. Just we were all just like they're starting four zero. No. They've been Wake Forest. There's a new ACC, and now you look at the rankings. They just got their first ACC win, you know, in that in that game versus Virginia Tech. And it was just like now they're still at the bottom of the Atlantic. And it's there's a lot of promise. And then Boston College came back to being the old Boston College in, in football. And you know, we're, you still have Wake Forest though. But you know, you still have Wake Forest who they've done great. But Boston College, we thought there'd be a different ACC, and it's just back to uh, well, Clemson—they've moved up a little bit—and then but Boston College—they're back on the bottom. But Pitt and Virginia
0: and Miami, you know, they're still over
1: there in the coastal. You know, it makes things—it shakes things up a little bit.
0: Yeah, Pitt, and we'll, we'll get into Pitt too in a little bit because they played last night. But. I do want to get into Wake Forest. We can do it. You mentioned Wake Forest. We can go ahead and transition that into the Wake. Forest.
2: Well, well, big, big one on Friday night. Also, Utah just absolutely shellacked Stanford. And, did, so, yes. and you got to watch out for Utah here in the late half of the Pac-12 season, right? So that just another Friday night game. If you didn't get to, get to watch it.
0: Utah, always, Utah always seems to have a pretty decent team out there as well. So yeah, you know, you're right. Yeah, um, Utah, always one of those teams you want to just keep an eye on. Ah, uh, they're not ranked though, or at least they weren't ranked last week. I don't even—I don't know if they're ranked this week either, but they definitely brought it to Stanford at Stanford's home. By the it's way. Pac-12. It doesn't
2: matter who's ranked, who's not. That's it just big, doesn't that, matter.
0: That was a big game for the simple fact of hey,
1: at halftime the score is 38-0. Utah had more points than Stanford had yards at halftime. But mm. why that game so big? It's not big because it's like these are two unranked teams, and like Utah just absolutely just beat the crap out of Stanford. It's big because that's the one loss Oregon has and what an Oregon's still in the top four right now for the playoffs. So you know, whatever Stanford does represents huge on what happens to Oregon. But whatever Stanford also does kind of also represents on what Ohio State ends up doing because, well, Oregon lost to Stanford and you know Oregon beat also beat Ohio State. So Stanford their season kind of has more light on it than what the record actually shows.
2: And then in two weeks Oregon has to play Utah. Correct.
0: That's right. Oh, that's going to be a fun one too. Because, yeah. you know, like Pac-12, Big 12, even in the ACC, anything can happen. Just like being a highly potent offense, undefeated, taking on a struggling North Carolina team, but it doesn't matter in college football. Anything really can happen, especially if you're in those kinds of conferences where upsets happen all the time and Wake Forest goes down to North Carolina. It was a 58-55 shootout. Sam Hartman uh, throws for almost 400 yards in the ballgame. He's been a Heisman contender uh, really uh, since like week four of the season and on. And you know what? I'm gonna still tip my cap to Hartman. You know, he accounted for seven touchdowns, I think, in week nine. Uh, That ties, I think, an ACC record. And then he goes into this week. Balls out once again. Defense just couldn't get it done. And North Carolina has the ability to be really, really talented offensively and out of Sam Howell, who, you know, from his freshman year on has been a very, very good quarterback. Not having that fantastic of a year, but still he came out and played pretty decent. Ultimately, Wake Forest's defense let them down big time, and they go down against North Carolina. No undefeated season. And pretty much, absolutely no shot at making it into the top four. They'll need a miracle, and they need to win their conference in order to make that happen. Mm-hmm.
2: I just want to take a moment. Hop in the chat if you guys are watching this live. Hop in the chat. Shoot, talk some shit. Ask some questions. Um, we do. We just started doing the show live a few weeks ago, so <clears throat> we're having fun with restream. Um, and drop a like and share if you're on on the YouTube feed. And even drop a subscribe, get notified whenever we post these videos and and post and whatnot. But, yeah, I'm super disappointed in Wake Forest losing that game, man. Um, Sam Hartman, not Sam Hartman, Sam Howell, um, good for him. He's had a rough season at North Carolina. and, And Hartman, I think, is still one of the better quarterbacks here. But I think that just showed us that Wake Forest defense is suspect and, you know, going up against a playoff caliber team, such as a Georgia. I don't think they could do it. I don't think they could score enough points.
1: It's not that they can't score enough points, in my opinion. I think it's they can't they can't stop any offense. you I mean, look at it, they've scored. The lowest they've put up in a game is 35 versus Florida State. They're averaging 45 points per game. Mm-hmm. Hartman, he's showed he's got some receivers who they're going to make some catches for him, and they're going to get open. Uh, against Georgia, that may be a different story. We won't we we won't know the answer to that because it's not going to happen, sadly. But the thing is, it's like, hey, they still balled out on us every team, but still they're letting teams put up a lot of points on them. They put seventy up on, I believe it. Who was I think it was uh, Army, and they 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 let Army put up fifty six back on them, and it's like that's yeah just...
2: running the triple option.
1: Exactly, you can't allow that.
0: Yeah, and Army Army is one of those weird teams too, man, because. I, they'll, they'll run the triple option on you all day and then all of a sudden out of nowhere they'll drop back and throw a 70-yard bomb. So I, the, those triple options, you don't see them near as much as you used to. The triple option used to win national championships back in the day like ne- Nebraska, and Georgia Tech colorado those teams that won that won national championship yeah when you had
2: jimmy crazy legs magoo running the ball they don't they yeah. don't do that anymore it, this really have,
0: it doesn't that's not a, it's not really a successful way to win a football game now unless you are an army team that can go nine and one
2: the ford pass was barely even invented i don't think segregation segregation was still a thing black people weren't even playing football like this was white man's football all day long and yeah. The, nope. Like the trip, I I I hate the triple option. Or Joe, I, was no. Joey here. I, I, I hate
1: it with a burning passion. I hate it with a burning passion. I like when the I,
2: triple option like in like mixed in with your spread, but yeah. if you have a triple option based like wing T uh, like offense, no, I don't want it. Truth no, be told,
0: I, I- and like Justin and I used to call, call high school football games with each other, and there would be high school teams that run triple options, and those teams get their brains blown out. I like, was one of them. I'm we were about,
2: West Florida ran the triple option the first two years I played there.
1: Here's the thing: so I was going to mention that actually, Pine Forest they run the triple option. They only have one loss on the season, and it was back in Week One versus West Florida Tech, who's been the best team in the area. This is just that's just some Pensacola local football for you. But no, I mean, Pine Forest, they run it pretty well, but they mix in passing as well, and they've actually done really well with it. But UWF football, they played Mississippi College, went to that game in Clinton, and, you know, it was tied 28-28 a half. And here's what I've always said. The triple option is going to win you games. It won't ever win you championships. Simple Mm. as that. Because you're going to find teams who have weaknesses in their secondary, but also in the – but especially in the front seven as well, you know. When UWF got beat on a pass over the middle for a touchdown, I was like, what are we doing right now? Like, and then the defense going into the second half still hasn't allowed a single point since they shut out West Alabama on defense last week as well. And so, you know, it's just like, hey, triple half is gonna win you games. It's not gonna win you championships. That Mississippi College coach, it's his eighth season there now. And apparently if they lose to Delta State, like it's like that's their that's like he's gone apparently because that's apparently that's what they compare themselves to is Delta state. So whatever that means. In,
0: you oh, know, I mean, in-state rival, in-state rival, you know, you know what it is. Uh, but so. the, um, it, it does um, the, the triple option for a long time, I think has bothered me, but I think less and less teams are running it because the teams that win the national championships today, like their quarterbacks are throwing 400 yards in the SEC championship game. Or whatever, you know, what are they doing? They're throwing at least forty passes a game because it's what works. Like a spread option, a spread offense is the way to go in college football, at least for the really good teams. Is that that's what we've seen, and I think that's what's going to stick for a long time. And I don't think we'll ever get to a point where a triple option team is a national championship caliber team. I just don't think we're going to see that in this current environment of college football. But let's move on. Uh, so that was Wake Forest in North Carolina. Just a couple of other games I want to quickly throw out there. We mentioned Navy. They lost pretty bad to Notre Dame, 34-6. Notre Dame uh, actually moved into the top ten in the college football playoff rankings at number nine. Oklahoma State. Who cares? Exactly, who cares? Uh, just a couple other ones, like Oklahoma State took down West Virginia, Baylor, uh, and TCU. TCU won that ball game. They upset Baylor. That ended up being um, a pretty good game. Uh Chad, I think it was Chad Morris at quarterback through for almost 500 yards in that ball game, uh, and then um, just a, a, a like oh okay so this one I'm I'm just gonna mention it only because Hugh Freeze refer, returning back to Oxford, Ole Miss took on Liberty, beat Liberty. I it, I didn't really realize this until I saw the the ranking the, uh, the uh, oh god like the pre-draft analysis and stuff that Mel Kiper does, but he has Malik Davis, the quarterback of Liberty like the sixth overall pick
1: uh yeah he's talented
0: I have seen. yeah you know that's what gave
1: Liberty like I almost gave Liberty a chance to beat Ole Miss last week and it was still not a it wasn't a blowout uh but that's why Liberty was so good and they were one of the undefeated teams going to like week eight of last year and in in that weird COVID year but Liberty they played a lot of ACC schools and American schools and they handled them pretty well uh they won a pretty good amount of games. Some were a lot closer when it came to ACC play. This year, it's been not so much, but, I mean, they're only sitting at seven and three. They're still winning games that they're supposed to be winning. They lost to Syracuse by three, and I believe they also I – maybe mean, they lost to Ole Miss and Louisiana Monroe. That was probably their worst loss of the season, lost that one by three. But all their games have been pretty solid. And Malik Davis, he's been one of the you know highly touted quarterbacks throughout this year as well.
2: Yeah, I had a lot of excitement for Liberty um, coming in this year. They they did drop a couple games that I was hoping they didn't. You know, last year they went undefeated up until they played Coastal Carolina. So mm-hmm. I was all on for Liberty, um, and even a closer game than I would have expected here against Ole Miss. But Matt Corral throws for 324 yards; it has a good day.
0: Yeah, uh, and and right now you can say. Top three, probably, when it comes to the Heisman race. Um, we'll, we'll, we can get into the Heisman race here in a little bit. I also have a couple of thoughts about the college football playoff rankings and the people who set those rankings. I don't know what they're smoking, but I, I just don't know the logic that goes into some of their decisions. But that they're in the room, not me. Uh, moving on from that game. So, yeah, that was Ole Miss Liberty. Quick throwaway game. Also, you had uh, Arkansas takedown mississippi state that was uh that ended up being a pretty good game uh will rogers throwing for 417 uh pittsburgh and duke now pittsburgh handled duke as they should have but kenny pickett throwing for 416 yards this guy even yesterday played extremely well i actually watched a good amount of that football game i didn't watch the end though so i did not know it went to overtime kenny pickett he is not getting enough respect he at all Because we don't really have that many Heisman contenders this year. Uh, he has to be in that discussion. And if you look at what Vegas has him projected at, I would put money on it right now because they are disrespecting the crap out of him by saying that he's like a 2,401 odd pick to win the Heisman trophy. You put mm-hmm. money on that right now and he wins, let's say, let's mm-hmm. say he has like a good solid two to three more weeks. Like he could be, your, he could very much be your Heisman trophy winner. Based on where we are at right now, with the athletes that are currently like currently in the running, I don't think Bryce Young's the Heisman Trophy winner, but they have him the favorite at the moment. I just don't see it.
2: No, I don't. I don't like that either. I I think um, it's only because it's Alabama and they're winning. I I hate that. Uh, I'd even put like Stetson Bennett in front of in front of Bryce Young, but I really do like Kenny Pickett. I agree with it. I think he's one of the top. He's one of my top Heisman candidates, at least. Um, Pittsburgh doing a great job. They they don't lose that one to Miami. We're talking about them. They, they yeah. lost to Miami, so we're not really talking about them anymore. And I think the Heisman committee is probably doing the same thing. Because that that's how it is. That's how it is for the Heisman now. And it, it's unfortunate. It really is. That's-
1: you also look at that game, though, against Duke. I mean, Duke, let's be real, they're, they're not much of a team at all. They're showing why they're a basketball school and why mm-hmm. they pass indoor and they're not, they're not Duke Stadium. Talking <laughs> shit. <laughs> I mean, yeah. all But, you know, you look at that game, you know, only throwing 65%, but four, over 400 yards, and it just adds on to the stats. Top three in passing yards and also touchdown passes. I love Kenny Pickett. He's been one of my favorite guys to watch. He's also a great personality. The guy lit a cigar after beating Clemson in, in the press conference. I'm just like, hey, this guy, he's a dude. He, he's, he's, Probably he's, like, cold beer. he's a guy being a dude. He's yeah. gonna flex his stuff, right? But you know, this is that year, it kind of goes with it just being a weird year in college football. Davis, I remember last year on the show, we were just like, you know, we talked, we complained a little bit about it, about Devontae Smith, we, how we just hate how almost year after year They've already made up their minds on who's winning the Heisman. It's like it's not even a surprise anymore. Yeah. Although this year, I hate that feeling because.
0: Well, yeah, this year we really don't know who's going to win the Heisman right now. It's it's kind of nice. There hasn't really been that player that stood out. Like Joe Burrow, like he had his phenomenal year. You knew he was going to win. Even Joe Burrow did an interview afterwards and said, "I knew I was going to win." Uh, Devontae Smith, you knew he was going to win. So. It's always fun when you go into it. And you don't. You just don't really know, right? You're not really sure who's gonna win. It could be anybody. And I think right now we're it's setting up to be that way. Uh, you still have enough time to where someone can pull away, and another Heisman contender shifting away from the Pittsburgh win from last. Walker, you know, had himself a phenomenal game against Purdue. Mm-hmm. How? Purdue, as a team, had a phenomenal game against Michigan State, upsetting the then undefeated and number three ranked Michigan State football team, giving them their first loss of the year in a 40 to 29 upset. You know, Kenneth Walker ran for 136, uh, but when Purdue's quarterback throws for over 500 yards, that's going to be, and also their, one of the receivers has 217 receiving yards. And that's going to equate to a victory
1: for Purdue. I'd like to mention how Purdue—it's like almost year after year. I mean, they're Purdue. I always call them the Purdue spoil makers. Ohio State—they might have to be on, you know, upset watch once again sure. this year. Like a few years ago in the Dwayne Haskins days, whenever they lost over that—I think it was JT. That might have been. No, I think it was Dwayne. It Haskin. was Dwayne Haskins. It was Dwayne yeah, Haskins. Yeah, because yeah, we talk about that a lot. About why I why I thought uh, Haskins should have won because he had 50 touchdown passes. But, you know, like they've been a great team. But going back into the Heisman talk, Kenneth Walker been one of my favorites. And whenever – thing is, his stats showed against a top two defense. That's the thing. Heismans, they usually have those big games against, like, the weak teams, like when Leonard Fournette ran like crazy all over Auburn back in his days or when Christian McCaffrey ran over all over Kansas State. You know, that's like they had those games. It's like you're supposed to have those games versus those guys. But Michigan was the real deal defense. And 200 yards to five touchdowns. That pops off the page. And so when you saw that, it's like, hey, this guy, he's he's showing something. CJ Stroud, he's in the talk as well. I don't see yeah. much in it. That's coming from someone who is well clearly, you know, I've right here, I got the horseshoe right behind me. You know, I, I'm a fan of Ohio State. He's he's gonna be great in the future. This year's not it. For when it comes to a Heisman talk and, and for winning a championship, not it either as well. Uh Bryce Young, I feel like, you know, he's winning and that's why. Georgia, you can say Stetson Bennett, but Stetson Bennett He's not the reason why Georgia's winning those games. It's simply their defense.
2: I love Kenneth Walker. I've talked about him all season long. <laughs> it's very unfortunate. Uh, like you said, the Purdue spoiler makers, that's what they are, and that's what they did. They broke my heart. I really wanted Sparty to be in there in the in the playoff. But uh, Kenneth Walker ran for 134 yards, still had a pretty good game. I think he's got to be up there in the Heisman talk still.
0: Uh, you, know, you know, he very much is still in the in the Heisman race. In fact, they have him ranked number two behind uh, behind Bryce Young, who, again, he's the favorite. He is a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think he has done anything to really stand out and be that guy. Kenneth Walker, I think, has been that guy. Even in a loss, he's been a phenomenal running back, and he very much is still in the race. Just like C.J. Stroud is in the race. Just like Kenny Pickett still in the race. Uh, you know what? Throw a couple more names in there that I haven't even mentioned. They're probably still in the race, too. But at least for right now, those are some of the bigger names that we are aware of. Moving away from that game, uh, again, that was the game that we were just uh, talking about, Michigan State against Purdue. Oregon, they got a w- victory over Washington. Ohio State, it, there were times where it was kind of close against Nebraska, but they pulled through against, in a victory over Nebraska. That's a play. Nebraska, They and God bless them, they are always going to have a sold-out game, even when they have – a four-win team. They're believing in their coach. They just re-signed Scott Frost. They say that he has the vision moving forward. And I'm for it. I have all four coaches, or teams, I should say, programs that are buying into the coach after just a rough couple of years and saying, you know what, let's see if we can continue to build and elevate forward. It's hard to say It's because you can
2: see it, though. You can see it with Nebraska. They actually look like a pretty good football team. And all of their losses have been have been it very close or you can at least see them trying and you can see the parts put together. And then there's some teams where it's like, I don't see it. I don't see it yeah. at all. But I, I love the statement that Nebraska put out. Um, AD was, was kind of like, Hey, I know everyone's not happy with where we are, but like I've talked to him we know what the vision is. We know he wants to do better and I believe in him too. So like, like you said, Davis, I I love it too. I wish we had some more of that here at Florida. We have a lot of, um, a lot of people who are like fire Dan Mullen already. I love Dan Mullen. I love him. I love him. I think, and and go back to what we say all the time with Joey and Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. If you fire this guy, who are you going to get? Who, who, who are you going to get?
1: Debut Ohio state? Nobody. Simple as that. Um, but going back to the Dan Mullen, finally he he like, he did what we've been needing to do. I, I guess losing to South Carolina for the first time since Steve Spurrier days is what had to do it for you, really. Um, you know, got rid of Grantham, finally. You know, it took you long enough. This is a guy that we were we were screaming about because we're letting Bama put up 50 on us. Like, we can shoot out any team in the country. But, you know, it's like, hey, they're going to put up the points right next to us as well. And it's just like, get rid of Grantham. If you get rid of Grantham sooner, you know, who knows where Florida was last year and also this year. Who knows what the Bama game would have led up to because, really, that game should have been overtime because of a missed PAT. So, you know, that's where that stands. And, you know, so it's going in the right direction. If something doesn't change soon, yeah, Danny, he's going to be out, even though I love him. I I love him because I love his energy. I love the way he interacts with the fans. But. His time might be up if a defensive coordinator was not the only thing that was the problem at Florida. Yeah, well, the offense
2: is looking the offense is looking bad right now, and I don't I don't know why. I don't I don't know if it was last week because they all had the flu. Turnovers,
0: I, man. And we can well, but, go
2: ahead and talk. The turnovers terrible. It and it's it's the decision making. I don't think it's as fast. At, like, with Emory or Anthony Richardson, the decision making to get the ball downfield isn't as fast as Kyle Trask. And Kyle Trask is, as we know, a pro level quarterback, top, top what, what round, whatever round he went in. Um, second round, yeah, second round NFL quarterback. So, you know, you can't ask for that every year, but it's, and the weapons too, the weapons are gone, but. It's like we do have some guys there. We have some guys there, and I expect more than, yeah, you know, more than enough points to take care of South Carolina. Although South Carolina had a just started their quarterback for the first game. That was the first game that yeah, um, their guy started, and he, he was a transfer in school. Made it great. So props to them. Uh, but the defense was atrocious. Like we were saying, yeah. wide, he was wide open everywhere.
0: Just. Defense couldn't play. Florida came out looking all right. Um, you know, first quarter, Florida was looking competitive. And then as the game went on, they were just worn down. Dan Mullen did say after the game that they've been battling the flu. We learned a couple of days later that Anthony Richardson was good to go. And then he tweaked his knee while dancing, I guess, at the team hotel room.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I
0: mean, you know what, I'm not gonna get mad at him. Look,
2: he well he you see the dance move he really he's tweeted out the dance move that he did.
0: What well, well, what was it?
2: It's like you put you put your leg behind your knee and then you like collapse your knee down. Oh, I that one.
1: Yeah, it, it looks very painful. It looks yeah, like Aaron ACL doing it. Uh, this is the same guy though. When he was out versus Bama, um, unless unless an emergency case was still doing backflips coming off the field. <laughs> during pregame warmups, you know, like that's, it's the same guy. Like he, he likes to have fun and he likes to show off his athleticism, not just on the football field. And it's, I, I don't really know how to even respond to it. When I saw it, I was like, I mean, you know, the kids are going to be kids, you know, like they're going yeah. to do the- well, real- That's one of
2: the things like when Dan sat Kyle Pitts out for the LSU game, which ended up being the threat LSU game. It's like, why are yeah. we sitting out our best guys whenever, you know, is the season over? Is the season over even though we got three weeks left? I don't know yeah,
0: and I will say Dan Mullen's one of those people where when he makes a decision he stands by it and he'll he'll never say he regrets it. he'll never he'll never you know, retro he'll try to go take a step back because it happened and he'll own it and he'll just move forward. That's what he'll want to do is move forward. I, I mean I, he said we're gonna see Anthony Richardson this week. okay, we're playing Sanford. I hope we can win that ball game leading up Shit. to Florida State. But uh, do we we have another one? I think it's Florida State.
2: We play Missouri. Yeah, we got to
0: play Missouri. Missouri, then Florida State. Right. Okay, so I I knew I was missing a team in there. But, you know, this Florida team, they're just in a weird funk. It's, It's not too long ago that a similar team to this Florida team right now, they lost out the rest of the season. I think they lost eight straight to finish the year. So I just hope it doesn't turn into that. You know, a couple of solid wins, finish the year, try to finish it strong. You're going to return a lot of people on your team is one thing you do have going for you. Um, And I'm hoping that come next season, you know, there's going to be a quarterback battle between Emory and Anthony Richardson. Uh, I do hope we try to stick with one quarterback. We try to. Now, both, I think if both quarterbacks are there, they're going to want to run a two-quarterback system of some kind. But it works better if Richardson's on the bench. So, Richardson starting, I think he's going to be your main guy moving forward. I, I hope to see him grow and be better as a quarterback because, you know, this Florida team, they could be better. They could be much better. And they are better. There's in a horrible slump.
2: It's all mental. Um, but quick shout-out to Tennessee beating Kentucky since we're talking about the SEC East. That was a shootout, um, I think 45-42. Kentucky now lost two straight um, to Tennessee and then to Mississippi State. So, I, I don't know what's going on. It, Will Levis still threw for four hundred and seventeen yards, I think. No, no, uh, three hundred and three hundred and seventy two yards. Will
0: Rogers threw 417.
2: Yeah, and you know, Air raids Air raids coming into its form here, um, in the SEC, even though they still lose that game. That's still a lot yeah. of yards over the air lot, for Mike and his offense.
0: Keep, uh, you know, other and just go ahead and wrap up this week. NC State taking down Florida State. You had Auburn and Texas A&M. Texas A&M, that was, that, honestly, that game sucked. And, and just in my real quick opinion, that game sucked.
2: Well, and, another another thing is my weekly away game for Auburn prop bet is that Bo Nix is going to fumble the ball if he's playing an away game. And he did. It was a scoop and score, I think, for Texas A&M.
0: Yeah, he did.
1: You bet that
2: every week you're gonna make money.
1: You know, it's it's so it's so weird just how inconsistent Bo Nix really is. I mean, this is the guy. It's like he'll go beat he'll go beat Ole Miss. He's like, oh my god, like here's the guy, and then he'll go lose to A and M. And it's just it's it's really weird. He, He can win big games, but he can't win win the games that you're supposed to be winning. I mean, you go play in Happy Valley. Yeah, that's a tough place to play. Let's be real. We all know that place and we all know what it can be. It was 109,000 people on white t-shirts screaming at you in the middle of Pennsylvania. So, you know, that game is a little tough on them, but AM, Kyle Field, it's not a huge step down from Happy Valley. It's still a pretty tough place to play. Um, I believe, I think they played at LSU. They did play at LSU. That was also a night game, but he did come out with a win on that one. So he's played, beat some, he's won some games. Um, Georgia didn't play very well at all. Uh, Arkansas had a great game. And then also Ole Miss, another great game. And then this week versus AM, far from it.
0: Yeah. And uh, just throw out a couple more teams. Clemson taking down Louisville, good win for them. Uh, Iowa State really brought it to Texas. Texas is another one of those teams where historically great, the last 10 years plus, not great at all. It's, just, it's not fun being a Texas fan right now, I imagine. All right. Robert, go ahead and cue it up. It's time to move on to our next week, week 11. Week 11 in the college football season, of course, is already underway. We are recording on a Friday. Tonight, we have a really good matchup between Cincinnati. And so it's, a, it's not really a really good matchup, it's just more Cincinnati needs to beat the crap out of South Florida. Uh, and by the way, real quick, Pittsburgh took down North Carolina. It was an overtime game. Can he pick it? Having himself another phenomenal game, uh, you know, three forty-six, three touchdown passes, a good game. So about good tree
2: fitty. It's about tree fitty. Are you with us, Davis? Did he did he freeze up for you?
1: Oh no! <clears throat> yeah, he's, yeah, there he is. Yeah, oh,
0: yeah. okay. There he is. Oh, <laughs> look like I was having some connection issues. Um, damn it, I have a work call coming in. I'll, I'll hold off for a second. Um, but, anyways, yeah, so <laughs> some, you know, some I,
2: buildings burning down in Pensacola, yeah, they, just like I'm got, got to talk about football.
0: It's something else, it's something else, but I uh, no, Anyway, Cincinnati, they're number five, Uh, they're nine and no. Oh. I think five is where they belong right now, considering how they have not played very well the last couple of weeks. They're now they're, they're at floor, South Florida. They're 2-7. and seven. They suck. Cincinnati's at 23.5 points. I think they're going to cover that spread. I'm not going to lock it in, though, just because they haven't looked that good. But I like Cincinnati to win this ballgame.
2: Mm-hmm. I like Cincinnati to win this ballgame, too. Um, it's Friday night. Um, I don't like the lock in Friday night games. I want to lock it in, but I'm not going to.
1: Yeah, Friday nights get weird. I don't know why. Uh, Friday nights always have something different in the air. Uh, I don't know if it's just like oh it's high school vibes I guess I don't know but yeah I know Cincinnati's gonna win this game but I don't know if they'll win it where you know Vegas is really giving them that line.
0: Uh, yeah, and no, another thing, Desmond Ritter and Jerome Ford. Uh, really, when Jerome Ford is running the ball really well, that's when Cincinnati's scoring a whole lot of points. And they have slowed him down. Uh, he has. He, they have. They've slowed him down a little bit. Although he still he has sixteen touchdowns, fifteen touchdowns on the year, I should say. Uh, so he's he's been a giant X factor for the Cincinnati football team. So if he's running, the Cincinnati team is running. So let's keep that let's keep that in mind. If he if he can run the ball well, they very much could cover the spread today. I'm just going to avoid uh, tackling that. Uh, number two team in the nation is Alabama. They're taking on New Mexico State. Where's the who cares button? Like who cares? It's at Alabama. They're they're favored by 51 and a half points, and you know what? They're probably going to cover that too. Uh, if I'm in Biloxi right now, I'd probably put some money on that, but I, I'm just not. It's it's a it's a lame one, in my know. opinion.
1: I see 49. I don't know. I don't see. I don't see them being like. I don't see a 50 point deficit.
0: It, it's well, no.
1: I don't know. It is a lot,
0: but you know. Uh, moving on, Michigan, the number six team in the nation, they were given a break, really by the college football playoff committee, by making them the number six team in the nation that still puts them in line to possibly make it into the top four for the first time in their team history. Uh, this is a huge matchup against Penn State. Penn State's six and three. Uh, they were a better team earlier in the year. Now they're, let's just assume they're healthy. It's at Happy Valley. Mm-hmm. It needs this win. They absolutely, absolutely need this win. Which tells me they could very much lose this ballgame. And they're only favored by one and a half. One and a half. Give me Penn State. I'm locking it in. Penn State's going to cover the spread. They very much win this ballgame.
2: Make that a double lock. I'm locking in Penn State, too. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Michigan needs this win bad, but so does Penn State. You got Sean Clifford back. It's in Happy Valley. I just got a feeling about it. It's a noon ball game. Yeah, but <laughs> it's a double lock.
1: It's a noon ball game. It's not a night game in, 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 Happy, in uh, Happy Valley. Last time Michigan played in, at Penn State, you know, it was a night game. And literally Michigan had to call a timeout before they could even snap the ball one time because that place is so loud. But during the day, it's a little bit different. But give me Penn State. Are you going to lock it in? Uh, yeah, give me the lock. I
2: mean, it's- oh, you oh, want the lock button. There
0: it is. All right, so triple lock there. Keep in mind, keep in mind that you get three. So uh, moving forward, you have two more. We each have two more left. All right, and let's go ahead and jump into Auburn and Mississippi State. Uh, well, what we also like to do, uh, Justin, is that we save, like, the best games for last. So we'll, we'll gotcha. finish along with that. We'll, we'll, we'll like, quickly glance over a couple of whatever games. Uh, we'll, we'll dive into some conversation on some possibly meaningful games. Or if there's anything that we didn't talk about, but you're like, no, keep this game in mind, by all means, jump in and let's talk about it. But I do want to mention Auburn, number 17. They lost uh, last week. It sucked because I was really liking what Auburn was doing at the moment. They have Mississippi State this week. and Auburn's favored by five and a half. I I think that no matter what Mississippi State team you have, they're going to try and put some points on you. I, I I don't uh, I I I don't like the spread. I'm not taking this game, but I think Auburn needs to be careful even at home.
2: Yeah, that's gonna be it's gonna be a fun game to watch. I I'm not gonna take it either. Um, I hope Mississippi State gets them, and then I hope Auburn beats Alabama at the end of the year.
1: <laughs> I think Will Rogers he's coming out on top and Auburn. So give me Mississippi State in this game. Actually,
0: nice. All right. See, I, uh, sometimes I forget that I'm hosting. All right, so uh, Auburn. Uh, so we, we think we have Auburn taking out Mississippi State, or, or in some cases, Mississippi State taking down Auburn. Uh, Wisconsin's taking out Northwestern. I don't really care about that game personally. Uh, who cares? Yeah, Vegas really loves it, though, but I, I don't care. Uh, Utah and Arizona, that's another who cares game for me. Arizona sucks, or one and eight. Not fun whatsoever. But I, Okay, so Georgia and Tennessee. Uh, I want to say that Tennessee's at home. Hendon Hooker is a pretty good quarterback, actually. I actually got to watch him for a little bit last week, and he he transferred from Virginia Tech, and he comes into Tennessee. He wasn't the starter at first. He earns the job during the season, and he has played very good football, just in my opinion. It's going to be too much, though, as Georgia is – they are the best team in the nation, but Georgia is favored by 20. I don't think I, I. I think Tennessee's better than that. I, I. I don't know if I'm confident enough to lock it in right now, but I think Tennessee could very much cover that spread.
2: Yeah, um, I'm. I'm kind of with you, Davis. I. I think Tennessee's playing some good football. Um, they just came off a big win against Kentucky. Maybe they're feeling motivated, and Georgia. Georgia's playing the best football out of any team in the country right now. So it's a tough pick. I don't know if I want to lock it in. I don't think I will. I got I got Georgia winning, obviously. I'm going to say Tennessee is going to cover that 20 points, though.
1: Yeah, I think I, I'm actually with you guys on that one. Just just because of the game they had last week versus, you know, Kentucky. You know, putting 45 on that team, that was a pretty impressive win for them. And this game being at home, and we saw uh, Georgia, whenever they play Kentucky, always putting up 30 on them only in, only allowing them 13 so only 17 point difference there i think uh so yeah yeah i'll say tennessee they'll cover it but uh yeah georgia of course coming on top
0: uh real quick only because i i locked this team in a couple of weeks ago and i won and i felt great about them uh university of texas of san antonio one of the few times you're going to hear me mention them at all during this college football season <laughs> They're nine and zero. They're ranked number twenty three. I think it's their first time in program history being ranked. Uh, they're taking on a horrible Southern Miss team. They're favored by thirty three and a half, by by just thirty three. Uh, they're going to win the ball game. I don't. I'm not going to lock anything in. I just wanted to simply give them a shout out that they have played some phenomenal football this year. A random team like UTSA out there putting their name uh, in the spotlight. So good for them.
2: I got one for you. This is a game. This is going to be my second lock um calling the upset now iowa playing some very bad football from what they were playing last week they scooted by northwestern 17 to 12. um they play minnesota minnesota comes to town they've been rowing the boat pk fleck is rowing the boat now towards the later half of the season and minnesota likes to do that they like to get better and they also like to upset some teams i'm locking it in minnesota's beating iowa this week they're underdogs plus four and a half i think they get that because obviously they win so i'm gonna go ahead and hit the lock button for me
1: i do want to give since you did give some uh conference usa love davis i do have to give uh marshall some love you know what i don't know if you if you keep up with it that well but in two days Well, it's November 14th, and you know how special that day is to me because it's going to be the 51st anniversary of the plane crash. You know, last year I missed the show because I was in Huntington. They're playing against UAB, who now they're they're second in the West right behind UTSA. So, you know, this is a big game for Conference USA between Marshall and uh, UAB because Marshall right now, they're atop the East. But I still have them winning. They haven't lost this game, I think, like seven years when it comes to playing this week in, in college football.
0: Yeah, Marshall. Um, you know, remember last year when they started off really hot and they just faded away at the end of the season? I was hoping they yeah. would carry that over into this season. I was really hoping that they would be a a really solid ball team this year. It,
1: it's been it's been weird for them. Uh, they lost by one App State. It was it was close in Middle Tennessee. They blew that one, and uh, it's been a weird year. The defense will sometimes just lay lay down. at was weirdest of times. They've looked good in, in Conference USA play so far. Only one loss in that category and uh but yeah going back to like last year's game they beat middle Tennessee like 49 to 7 on the anniversary of the 50th and then literally just lost out for the rest of the year lost to UA like lost to UAB in the conference championship and then on christmas day losing to buffalo and the um uh, I forget what the name of the bowl game was. It was in Montgomery. I was for it, but you know, it yeah. absolutely just fell flat and then doc holiday got released. And now Charles Huff used to be, you know, he's the guy who literally recruited Najee Harris to Bama. You know, he's now the head coach of that team and he's, he's done. Okay. He's done. Okay.
0: So just throw a couple of games out there. Uh, stop me. If you want to discuss any of them, um, some of them maybe be worth talking about. I don't know, but Oregon number three in the nation taking on Washington state, uh, I always keep an eye on these games. There's always room for upset, but mm-hmm. I think Oregon should win this ballgame. Texas uh, Texas Christian, TCU, taking on Oklahoma State at Oklahoma State.
2: Deion uh, Sanders being looked at for yeah. that job now, by the way. Uh, that like game. Patterson's out.
0: Which opinion? At which, at which, for which team? TCU. Yeah. Okay. D- you know what? Deion Sanders is going to be a Division One Power 5 coach. He's going to be. Oh yeah. He's done a phenomenal job at Jacksonville State or Jackson State, sorry. And the biggest thing is that he can recruit. He knows how to recruit. He knows these players. He know he knows how to connect with them. And even Jackson State, by the way, I think I read a thing. They have like the 40th ranked recruiting class. That's obviously top when it comes to HBCU schools, but also. It's top when it comes to other certain Power Five schools. Like, I think it tops Kansas State. Obviously, it tops Kansas because they suck. Uh, wow. You know, they're Power Five schools that don't have those kinds of recruiting classes that he's bringing in. So that that means something. Yeah, that's great. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, TCU, they had a big win last week. Only their fourth win of the year, taking on Oklahoma State. Upsets happen like crazy. Oklahoma State favored by 12. I never worry about the Pac- uh, Big 12, though. So I'm moving on from that. Arkansas and LSU, it's at LSU, could be interesting. This game Battle usually on a Friday, by the way, but it's happening tomorrow. And Arkansas is favored by two and a half at LSU. Uh, real quick, I think Arkansas should be able to win this ballgame. Uh, it may even be a high-scoring game. I think it could be a high-scoring game because the over and under is 56. I think it could hit that over.
2: Big implications for the ACC with uh, um, Wake Forest hosting NC State. Um, this is big, probably biggest game in ACC in a few weeks. So, uh, Wake Forest is favorite by minus two. I think that's right. I, I think Wake Forest gets to win here.
0: Wake Forest, uh, absolutely big. This should be a really good game. Wait, they're only favored by two. It's at Wake Forest. They're putting up points like crazy. Uh, let's keep the ball rolling because they need to, and they still have a chance for the ACC. Um, really it's up for anyone. At this point, the ACC is up for anybody. It was always dominated by Clemson. Right now it looks like the teams like Wake Forest uh, or Pittsburgh, those are the teams that you're looking at to possibly win the conference. Right now Wake Forest is in the driver's seat, and let's, let's see what they can do to try and finish it off. Notre Dame, Virginia, um, I think this game can easily be overlooked. It is worth mentioning that Virginia could sneak up on you. They're six and three, Notre Dame. They're eight and one. Uh, I think Notre Dame. It's. I don't know if they're going to play themselves into a playoff at this point. I just don't think they have the schedule left to do it. But uh, you know, Virginia could very much pull an upset here. I, I, I have other teams in mind to waste my other locks on, but Notre Dame at six, it's worth taking a peek at Virginia.
1: Yeah, this I chance. agree with you there.
0: If anybody, if anybody has. Uh, anything you want to add? Okay, moving on to the other games. Maryland, uh, Kenneth Walker. Just give him the ball. Just give him the damn ball. Run the damn ball. Let him pump up those stats. Let him be a, Let him be in New York for the Heisman ceremony.
1: I think let this, this needs to be a, a big game for him to his stats.
2: Oh, yeah. Huge oh, so- game. Huge Heisman opportunity here. You give Kenneth, Kenneth Walker the ball, he's, he's running all the way to New York, no doubt. Yep.
0: Hell yeah. All right, some more meaningful games, and then we're going to wrap up this program because I do have some games that I want to be sure I throw out there. We have a battle between the number eight and undefeated, by the way. They're number eight, and they're undefeated, Oklahoma. In, in years past, this team is at very least the number two team in the nation. They are getting some disrespect, I think, right now. As they are the number nine ranked or number eight ranked team at nine and zero, facing off against a seven and two Baylor football team, a good Baylor football team, at five and a half. It's in Waco, one of three stadiums that's located on a river, by the way. Fun fact, Oklahoma. Nice, I nice. Think, I, I, I think this is going to be a. I think this could have the potential of being a shootout. Baylor always plays this game tough, and you know what? They're trying to get revenge. Remember two years ago when Baylor twice. Could have beaten Oklahoma and twice fell apart yeah. and they couldn't hold on. Twice they did that.
1: Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts days, man, crazy.
0: Yeah, guy knows how. I make. think
2: Oklahoma gets him. I Do think Oklahoma's home? coming in with a chip on their shoulder, being at number eight and undefeated. I think they get them. You know, Caleb Williams,
1: this is another game, you know, for him to where he can escalate his highs and odds. You know, he's not. I don't see him winning. Of course, he hasn't. He didn't play. He hasn't played a full season but they have him at a plus 800 right now, and he's looked good. He's he's done a great job, came in a clutch moment versus Texas and absolutely balled out. And this game's in Waco, and Waco can get crazy sometimes. You know They don't have much going on there, so Baylor's going to play him tough. You know, they lost to, I believe it was Oklahoma State, but then they also suffered a loss to TCU by two, and that's just like, hey, you just can't let that game get away from you right there. I mean, TCU, they're literally having problems with their coaching spot right now. Can't let that happen. But give me Caleb Williams and uh, the Sooners this week at
0: in Waco. Yep. Yep. This I'm looking forward to see what he can do. Um, what Caleb Williams can do in this ball game. This is a huge game. Uh, it's a good uh, test. It's a good test game. This good is a test. great test game at yeah. Baylor. Tough environment. I'm really I'm ready for this ball game. Uh, I'm gonna let it be though. Uh, I I I hope Oklahoma actually can. I actually can. I do hope Oklahoma can win this ball game just to see what they can do. See what they they can provide with Caleb Williams at the quarterback position. Uh, Moving on, this game has upset written all over it, and it's Purdue against Ohio State. It's at Ohio State, though, at the horseshoe. But Purdue, uh, Justin, you said it earlier, the spoiler makers, they've beaten Ohio State in the past. They've ruined their playoff hopes. They just – they they didn't quite ruin them, but they got in the way of Michigan State's playoffs hopes last week at 21 – Purdue is definitely covering that spread. I am shocked it is even that far. 14 I can buy. 17 I could buy a little bit more. But at 21 favoring Ohio State, I am shocked it's that high. Give me Purdue locking <laughs> it.
2: I'm right there with you, man. I'm locking Purdue in. Also, I don't I don't care if this game is on Mars. I don't care if it's underwater. I don't see Ohio State outscoring Purdue by 21 and a half points. I just don't. So I got Purdue um, covering, but I I think I got Ohio State winning. I will say, though, in order for Ohio State to interject themselves in that top four talk, they have to beat Purdue by 22 points. But I'm locking it in.
1: Now, Purdue, they are first in the AP top five and for, for wins. They're, they're first in history for AP top five wins as an unranked team. Uh, they have 17 of them. You know, the closest behind them is 11. You know they've put on two this year with the Iowa, Michigan State win. The one before, the one closest before that was Ohio State, and that was like the miracle game because they had I, I don't remember the the guys exact. but his name is Tommy Trent. He was like the guy who like motivated them. He was like their super fan. He was there in attendance. Oh yeah yeah, yeah 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 oh yeah. yeah. There was, there was something else in that stadium that night and that's why ohio state lost that game because we, we didn't see if purdue get blown out in the ball game versus auburn later on that year um but i think they'll cover give me the lock on that
0: give me ohio state give me Ohio state
2: oh all right
0: oh damn okay all right i like it i like it all right without further ado cue up the music it is the college football extravaganza game of the week <laughs> boasting Texas A&M College Game Day is going to be there. The squad of Chris Fowler and Kerr Herb Street—they're going to be on the call. Ole Miss, Texas A&M, Texas A&M comes into this ball game with identical records. With, with Ole Miss, seven and two. Texas A&M, though, favored at two and a half. Matt Corral, still, still very much a Heisman contender. Up to the, uh, he, you know, he has over 2,500 passing yards. He has 16 touchdowns. You know, you kind of want him to have more touchdowns today, Junior.
2: It's okay. What? Oh no, you just you just got a little bit of robot aids there for a second. Uh-oh.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. Hopefully, my I don't know, my internet's like. No, you're good. good but whatever. Either way, uh, I like oh Ohio- I like Ole Miss in this ball, ball game over Texas A and uh, I do their respect, though. Zach Calzada has done a phenomenal job starting the year as the backup. He beat Alabama. He's done He's done what he's needed to do for his team. Isaiah Spiller's having a great year. Uh, but Ole Miss at home, this is going to be a tough one. And I think the thing that's really driving me is that the spread is only two and a half. Favoring Texas A&M, I'm going to use my last lock on Ole Miss to win this fall game. They need this win. They really do. They're not going to win the West but they need this win nonetheless. Lock it in.
2: Yeah, um, this one's tough. This one's tough for me because if if Ole Miss wins, then we have the SEC West kind of cannibalizing each other with Texas A&M beating Alabama and Alabama beating Ole Miss and then Ole Miss. So I, I don't think that's gonna happen. I think Texas A&M is playing good football right now. I, I I like Texas A&M to win this game. Every time I bet on Ole Miss, they have, they have disappointed me this season. I'm going with Texas A&M. Give
1: me – Oxford's hard to beat, man. Oxford, they go crazy, especially when the team's playing great. Lane Kiffin, he likes to embrace the fans. He likes to embrace, well, the media. You know, we've seen him tweet out, even when he was at FAU, he tweeted tweet out about the refs and ended up him getting a fine because he called the refs blind in a tweet one time when he posted a meme. You know, Kiffin he's he's, he's fun. I, I've loved the energy he's brought to the SEC. Uh it's different. And give me Ole Miss in this game. Give me a lock as well. It's only they're not favored, it's a plus two. See them winning by a field goal at least. Uh, tough game. This is a game in the Kyle Field. Yeah, I give it to A&M. But I think this game is simply because of the fact that Ole Miss is at home. And I feel like that's the reason why they're going to win this game. This It's one of those games. Matchup predictor on ESPN has Ole Miss favored. But, you know, Vegas, they have A&M favored by 25. So but give me Ole Miss with this game. All right. It looks
2: like um, it looks like all of my locks and all of Davis's locks are all underdogs this week. So I love that. I love the cool. underdog status on the podcast. Um, with that being said, are you got? I I'm ready to wrap up. Um, y'all have any plugs or anything? Actually, wait, no. I had one more game. I had one more game. Uh, Miami at Florida State. One of the best rivalry games in the early two thousands and also in the nineties. Not so much this year, but it's still a big rivalry game. It still means a lot here in Florida. I think, I think Miami's going to win.
1: I do. So I to do. you,
2: Joey. I hope you're listening somewhere. Um, <laughs> you got to come on the pod next week and explain yourself. Florida State's going to lose this game because Tyler Van Dyke's throwing the ball all over you.
1: Yeah. Miami, I got the one in that game, but I do want to throw in a little lever to hate it, uh, Davis. Love or hate it if uh Oklahoma beats Baylor, Oklahoma's in the top four next playoff rankings.
0: Uh yeah. I, and you know what? I hate it. I hate it because <laughs> I think that I think there are other teams in there that the the playoff committee is just absolutely lasered really? in right now. I feel
1: like that's why Oklahoma's not there. They don't have like that substantial like playoff contending team victory. And if they beat Baylor, well, that's it right there. They have it.
0: Yeah, yeah, they have the wins over
1: Oregon. I feel like they'll jump Oregon at least. I mean, th- that should shoot them up.
0: You think? But you know what? I think right now they're not. They're hating on Oklahoma at the moment. I they I I don't think that win is gonna put them in the top four. It may, even if Cincinnati wins, it may bump them back down a spot, and Oklahoma could take over there. It just depends. You know, this is this has been a wacky season so far, mm-hmm. and you know what? Who would have thought that you know, teams like Oklahoma at, uh, being undefeated would be ranked lower than Cincinnati, who's also undefeated? Like, that's completely opposite in, in years past. But, you know, that hasn't been the case this year. But shout out to you for adding in a love it or hate it. That's a segment that we would always do on Sports Call, and I know it's a segment that you and Ren still do. So appreciate that. And just real quick, I, I think that these, these college football ranking people – I think they're overdoing it themselves like they're 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 trying way too hard there's something about it that's just absolutely annoying me and people are calling for a change in how we do it look i don't think we need to change it i i do think maybe we need to look and see what the members are looking at and figure out that criteria and see if there's any way we can balance this out it's just kind of wacky
2: yeah I'm with you there. I think this year, it's been a wacky year, like you said. And for them to move teams back because of how they're performing in one game or two games, I think this season, a win's a win. And that's what it's going to have to be because everyone's losing. Besides Georgia, besides the roadrunners of UTSA, we're not going to put them in the top four. So, I mean, you just got to – I think you got to take each game – each week how it goes, and we'll see. I think this week could have some major implications. I love it. I think if Oklahoma wins uh, against Baylor this week, I think they might go into the top four, because like like Justin was saying, I think that's a, that's a win that they can point at and be like, that's a top 15 team
0: look, at, and,
2: at Waco at night.
0: And think about this. You know, we haven't had a team win a championship, but then the AP determined that in their poll, another team is their championship. We even had that in a little while. I think it's been 2003 since we've had that with USC. And I just want to say that right now, Cincinnati is ranked number two in the AP. Let's say Georgia loses somehow, some way. And Cincinnati continues to win, and they finish undefeated, and they're left out of the top four. But the AP has them ranked number one. Like we could have very a two national championship team although we all acknowledge that the playoff is the actual national champion the AP in their crazy world you know they they're out here thinking their poll still matters in a way
2: I like that I like the asterisks I like the UCFs claiming national champions because how else are you gonna do it but yep. that's all I got I gotta head out of here in a me few- too
0: I got I gotta get going I'm gonna take my dog to golf Breeze and have him go <laughs> yeah. play with my parents' dogs and all that. Yes. Justin, uh, tomorrow you got to catch sports call with Justin and Wren from one to three, right? Yes, one to three.
1: Will Kennedy will be uh, taking over at three thirty for the pregame show. Then it's all UWF Dosta. Big game for both those teams. A lot right on the table. A lot of first for UWF, relying on that
0: game as well. And I'll nice. be out there tomorrow. Go Argos! Looking forward to them, number three team in the nation for Division two, taking on the number two team winner of that ball game either gets the outright win of the uh, Gulf South title, or if the Argos win, they will get a share of that title. So either way, both teams are going to the playoffs. And as we already know, when the Argos make it to the playoffs, anything can happen. All right, that's that's going to be College Football Extravaganza Week 11. We'll see you next week for Week 12 and a recap of Week 11. meantime, go watch your college football. Go make some money. Go study for the bar. Go Argos, go everyone else. We'll see you next week.
2: Like and Thank subscribe. You.
0: Like yes. and subscribe. I need to get used to saying that. Like and subscribe.
2: Yeah, like and subscribe. Thank you to the one Twitch one Twitch guy stuck with us the whole time. I don't know who you are, but you're Hell a trooper.
0: Hell yeah, oh, man. Or Hop or in the that.
2: chat next time.